He is risen. He is risen. Y'all could do better than that. One more time. He is risen. Amen. Amen. Good evening, good evening, good evening. And we welcome you this evening to uh, Calvary Bible Church. My name is Brother Montgomery Miller, and I will be uh, your master of ceremonies this evening to take us through this wonderful, worshipful experience that we anticipate uh, this evening. Um, I want you to know something that Pastor Rob shared with us, not only earlier uh, this morning in our worship service, but even just uh, in the back as we were preparing. Uh, What he reminded us is that you, as beautiful as you look uh, in this congregation and this assembly, are not the audience. Uh, All of us together as witnesses, and our program this evening is referred to as we are witnesses. We, all of us together, are witnesses. And our audience is the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is why we are here, to celebrate and to worship the amazing feat that God in his grace and his mercy has done for each and every one of us. And so that is why we are here. And so we will worship together. I want to give you a little encouragement from a hymn uh, that I looked up earlier. And it's a favorite hymn And a familiar hymn to, I trust, all of us. And I'm just going to cite that hymn for you. Because at the end of this evening, it is my prayer, and I pray it will be your prayer as well, that the words penned by Miss Eliza E. Hewitt will be all of our prayer. And this is the declaration that she makes in her familiar hymn. My faith has found a resting place, not in device or creed. I trust the ever-living one. His wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Let that be the declaration, the testimony, as we, the witnesses of what Jesus Christ has done, are able to declare at the end of this evening. And for those who may not, at this moment in time, not know him, it is also our prayer that you too will say, I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. And so I'm going to ask you now to just bow with me as we go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the privilege of our presence here this evening. The writer of Hebrews encourages us that since we are compassed about by such a great cloud of witnesses, that we should set aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles, entangles us, and we should run, strive to run with perseverance the race that you have set before us. And so, Father, as we come before you this evening in celebration of the amazing grace that you demonstrated in the fact that while we were yet sinners, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sake and paid the ultimate price that we could never pay for ourselves. And so, Father, we bring ourselves as sacrifices before you in gratitude. May you and you alone be pleased and honored, and may you receive worship and glory for all that is said and all that is done. We bring the musicians, we bring the singers, we bring those who will speak, we bring every aspect of the service, and even those who are in attendance, Lord, we pray that their hearts would be set and right, Lord, that you would be pleased with all that we do. And we continue to give you praise, glory, and honor, all due to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to invite to the stage now this evening as our first...
presentation, Sister Alicia Wells, who will be giving us a rendition, Redeemer. Oh, 
my Redeemer lives. Praise God. Amen. Do you know, I was reflecting on something uh, as we gathered here on this evening. Uh, today is the ninth day of the fourth month of the year 2023. And oftentimes we think of the year, but we miss out a little piece. What comes to the end of 2023? A.D. A.D. We don't say it often these days. It's just like at Christmas time now, we've replaced Christmas with an X, right? We don't want to acknowledge certain things. But you know what that A.D. stands for? Anno Domini. And actually, I'm a student of St. Anne's, and so I was one of those people in the 80s that had to learn Latin. And so the full phrase, Anno Domini, is Anno Domini Nostri Jesu Christi. And what that phrase means is, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. And do you know the significance of that? If you think about it, every single day of our lives in modern existence, we are recognizing time by the birth of Jesus Christ, who we declare to be our Lord and Savior. Everyone all around the world, that is the recognition. And so I encourage you to keep that in mind. Sometimes we miss out these little details. And of course, we know why these things are slipping away and fading off the scene. But keep it in your mind. Just as Pastor Rob oftentimes reminds us too, uh, I started to write at the end of my phrases, DV, right? And some of us may know what that means. It's another Latin expression, Deo Valente, if the Lord wills. When you write certain things, don't be so certain that it will happen. We say, if the Lord wills, that I will see you tomorrow. I will see you such and such a time. And so let's remember 2023 Anno Domini in the year of our Lord. I'm going to invite to the stage now uh, my dear sister-in-law, Rochelle Seeley, Mrs. Rochelle Seeley, and Engelbert Pickering, who will join us um, to proclaim as witnesses, he loved me with a cross. So that 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Pastor Rob oftentimes uh, says to us and reminds us that Jesus did not die as a victim, but a volunteer. In fact, he himself declared that no man take my life, but I lay it down. And so that's what that song reminds us, that he voluntarily sacrificed, surrendered himself for us. And so that's something that we should say, uh, praise the Lord, praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your great love for us. I invite now our dear brother Tillman Bethel to come and to render Then Came the Morning. And he will be immediately followed uh, by Sister Beth Elliott, um, who was going to sing Glorious Morning uh, immediately after. They all walked away, there's nothing to say, they just lost their dearest friend. All that he said, now he was dead, so this was the way it would end. The dreams they had dreamed were not what they seemed. Now that he was dead and gone The garment, the jail The hammer, the nail How could a night be so long? Then came the morning Night from afar the wedding the water the wine now it was done they'd taken her son to die for your sins and mine she knew it was true she'd watched him die too she'd heard them call him just a man but deep in her heart, she knew from the start, somehow her son would live again. Then came the morning, night turned into day, the stone was Oh, 
the sun. Death had lost and life had won, for morning had come. Death had lost and life had won, for morning had come. Um. As Sister Beth comes, I just want to share one quick thing with you as well. As I was in the parking lot preparing to come this evening, there was a gentleman in the, in the parking lot, as often is the case, um, bumming for a couple of dollars. He said he needed to get some money to buy some cooking gas. Um, but as he was, uh, we were talking, and I gave him the money I was asking him, I asked him a couple of questions as well. And he observed the two question marks in my lapel. And for those of you who may have been recently uh, to the funeral service for my father-in-law, uh, Pastor Perry Wallace, who... Uh, his presence here is certainly missed because there there's a seat that he would be occupying right now in this uh, time. Um, but as I, I said to you, Hebrews 12 reminds us that we are now compassed about. You are witnesses here, and he's a witness there, as there are many witnesses that have gone before. Uh, but the gentleman, uh, in my questioning of him, I asked him those diagnostic questions about, you know, if he were to die, where would he be? And wh why would God let him into heaven? And so he quoted to me, a hymn that just resonated with something that I was meditating on before this evening. Um, he said to me, son, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know he holds my future and life is worth the living just because he lives. And so as we transition to that celebration, I was encouraged to know, and I pray that we are all encouraged to know, that we are facing mom and all of us in these difficult days. We are moving forward in God's strength because he lives. Side, the sunrise is coming, gentle and warm. It wakes up the day, reflecting his light. For Jesus has risen, heaven and earth now join in the praise. Those who have seen him now are believers. And we who now, by believing, have seen, lifting our voices in one mighty chorus, Jesus is Lord and Savior and King. Glorious morning, Jesus is risen, no tomb could hold him. No stone could seal. Glorious morning, the world has a Savior. He is alive, and His truth is revealed. Comes to an end, a calvary. 
and the tomb is now empty. Light shatters the darkness. Night that seemed endless gives way to the dawn. Glorious morning, Jesus is risen. No tomb could hold him, no stone could seal. Glorious morning, the world has a Savior. He is alive. morning glorious morning no tomb could hold our savior oh that's amazing that is amazing uh pastor randy this morning made that comment about some there's a church that he mentioned where the the pastor declared that uh, he would live again and he said that those members are still disappointed looking and waiting for him to come back but oh our jesus Oh, our Jesus. Pastor Rob went through all of the, the myths about did Jesus really rise? Was he, was he really dead? Yes, he was dead. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scripture. And he ascended into heaven and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's interceding for each one of us. And so he is risen. <laughs> risen indeed. Amen. I'm going to ask you to bow with me as we prepare for our offering uh, this evening. Precious God, we come before you once again uh, with grateful and thankful hearts. Lord, this is a time of celebration. You have encouraged us, your son encouraged us uh, to remember you, these things that we should do in remembrance, which means to put it back together in our minds. And so, Lord, this evening we gather to think back upon the things that you have done, the great things that you have done. And in this day, Lord, we remember the death, the burial, but, oh, the glorious resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, as we come now, may you find us not just worshiping with the offering of our, our money, with our lucre, Lord, but may you find us offering with our hearts. May you find our hearts to be pure and pleasing in your sight. May you find our worship, the fruit of our lips, uh, to be pleasing to you. And so, Lord, for those who may not have it to give financially, Lord, may we all uh, outdo the rocks and may we praise and, and, and may we cry out and praise to you, Lord, as we offer ourselves as a full living sacrifice unto you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would be pleased with our offering in Jesus' name.
I'm going to introduce to you the musical for this evening, We Are Witnesses. And I want to challenge you, what better way to spend a Resurrection Sunday evening than to be hearing the testimonies of individuals who encountered Jesus firsthand. Throughout his earthly ministry, people experienced divine appointments with him that left them amazed and in awe. And I hope that is true of us as well. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what we are about to experience is a unique, refreshing, and profoundly meaningful retelling of some of those testimonies. Better still, in tonight's presentation, there will be a special opportunity for you to be involved. Palm branches, if you look in your pews, have been placed in uh, specific pockets and some of the pews. And during the fourth song, Hosanna, you are asked to wave those branches as Jesus walks past you. Please be aware of your proximity to others as you wave. <laughs> and continue waving the branches until he exits. You can then return the palm branches to the pocket. And it was on the day of Pentecost, following the resurrection of our Lord, that the Apostle Peter preached one of the greatest sermons in all of human history, in which he proclaimed, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Acts chapter 2, verse 32. And so now I invite you to please join me in welcoming the Calvary Bible United Choir and our drama ministry as they present, We Are Witnesses.
In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory as the one and only Son of God who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Word had spread that a man named Jesus was performing miracles. And people followed him by the thousands. They said he had turned water into wine. That he had actually healed the blind. That he had power over the wind and the waves. Some even began to wonder if the long-awaited Messiah had finally come.
I knew him as well as a member of the Jewish ruling council. I've heard the teachings of Jesus. I knew in my heart that he had come from God. For no one can perform such miraculous signs unless God was with him. So I went to him privately to learn more, to ask questions. I can still hear his words in my heart. He told me that no one can perform, that no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And that everyone who believes in him can have everlasting life. the outcasts, and he had compassion on them all, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. As pastors of Judea, we traveled with Jesus to Jerusalem. 
When the people heard that the Lord was on his way, they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. A crowd has gathered outside Jerusalem to see this man coming down the road. The long-awaited moment's here at Passover, we were all gathered together. While eating the meal, Jesus spoke of his death, of his betrayal, 
Of course, I was quick to boast that I would willingly lay down my life for him. Would you really die for me, Peter? He asked. I tell you the truth. This very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you ever even knew me. And then, knowing fully well what was to come, he offered these words of encouragement. Let not your hearts be troubled. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. <sighs> Looking back, so clear to me right now, but that night, no. That night we just partook of the Passover meal with the Passover lamb.
Jesus, my son, I still remember when the angel came to me and said, You are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. Yet now he has been arrested, beaten, scourged, spat upon, mocked, and though Pilate found no fault in him, he's being led to his death at a place called Golgotha. It's as if a sword has pierced my soul. Standing there in shadows Remembering his birth The glory and the when heaven came to earth Tears of joy filled my eyes As I sang a lullaby so
Why?
how marvelous that the story of Jesus Christ doesn't end in death. It ends in victory. For the third day, seven women went to his grave to anoint his body and found that the stone had been rolled away. Upon hearing the news, Peter and I rushed to the tomb and found that Jesus had risen. Just as he said he would. Jesus was For the sins of the world, the Lamb had been slain at Calvary.
stand here before you testify to this truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who came to seek and save the lost. We are witnesses of his life, his death, and his glorious resurrection. Jesus is alive forevermore.
been a great evening. Just before I close our time in prayer, there's a cross behind me, as you can see in our baptistry. And I want you to imagine that there's a midline drawn through that cross, and there's a right-hand side of the cross, and there's a left-hand side of the cross. When I was in Jerusalem with my wife and looked at Golgotha, first of all, Golgotha is a rock face with a flat top. And the reason it's called Golgotha is because the crevices and the erosion on the face of the rock looks like a human skull. The top is where our Savior had his cross and he died. The base now at that Golgotha site is paved, and it is a common bus depot, public transit bus depot. And... When our guide showed us that, we were all quite disappointed that such a sacred and holy spot was reduced to being a bus depot, at least at the base of Golgotha's rock face. And he very wisely said to us, when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on the top of Golgotha's rock face, he interfaced with the grimy, dirty, everyday sinful lives of those that were the witnesses of his crucifixion. And so all these centuries later, when we come to look at that spot and those buses are there, what Jesus Christ accomplished on his cross is still interfacing with the griminess, commonness, the sinfulness of mankind. And he's the only answer, amen? Amen. I was telling you to consider the cross having a right side and a left side. The reason I say that is as I was on the observation deck with Beth, the observation deck being in the garden tomb, which is very close to Golgotha. And as I looked at the place where my Savior died, the thought I had was that is where Jesus died for me, but that is where I died with Jesus. The same cross, his cross, my cross. In Galatians 2.20, it says... For I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so what would it be like if you thought of Jesus' cross having a right-hand side and a left-hand side? And the the right-hand side was the fact that he died for you as your substitute. But the other side of that cross, equally theologically true, that is where you died to your old man or woman. You were crucified with him. So I just wonder, in a nice crowd this size, have we all come to the right-hand side of the cross because we know we're sinners? I hope so. I pray so. If you haven't come to that part of the cross to realize that Jesus died the death you deserved as a sinner, tonight's the night to acknowledge that and to trust him and only him to be your sin substitute. But I suppose that in this crowd, most of us have come to that side of the cross in faith to acknowledge Jesus died for us there. Have you come to the other side of the cross, Christian? Have you come to the other side of the cross, the side of the cross where Jesus died for your self problem? He died on one side of the cross for your sin problem. 
On the other side of the cross, it's the answer to your self problem, your flesh, in opposition to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. So maybe the believers here tonight, having already come to the part of the cross that Jesus died for them, need to come to the same cross to acknowledge that he died, you died with him. You've been crucified with him. And your old life, your flesh, your self-life, you ought to reckon as being crucified. After we left that platform, that observation deck, that we could see Golgotha, we walked just a few yards in a beautiful garden with flowers like these, and we walked to his empty tomb. And if I thought on the platform looking at Golgotha, that's where he died for me, and that's where I died with him, When I looked at his empty tomb, I thought, that's where he rose for me. And that's where I rose with him. Galatians 2.20, for I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me, of course, by the Holy Spirit. Christ, the resurrected Christ that we celebrate this evening, the living Lord Jesus has sent his spirit to born-again believers like us that the life of Christ would be our lives, that the eternal life of Jesus Christ would be the life that we express to our families, to our wives or husbands, to our children and grandchildren, to our employer, to our employees, to the people we transact with in the city. The life we now live is Christ's life because our life was crucified with him on the cross. And so we've been raised with Christ to have his life, eternal life, as our new life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a glorious evening. What a wonderful remembrance of the life story of our Lord and Savior. From his birth to his public ministry, to his miracles, to his arrest and passion, suffering, being executed as an innocent man by Pilate's estimation, bearing our sins on himself on that tree. Grateful, Heavenly Father, that you raised him from the dead. and so doing, you prove to the believers that we have been justified, been declared acceptable to you, Lord, because of the finished cross work of Christ. May no one leave this building or campus tonight who hasn't come by faith to this cross that is now empty. The place where Jesus died for their sins, the place where he delivered us from ourselves. And Lord, as we remember the bodily resurrection, says in Ephesians 1 in the prayer for the saints at Ephesus, paraphrasing that the same resurrection power that the Heavenly Father exerted to raise his son Jesus Christ from the dead is available to us as redeemed and born-again Christians to live our Christian lives. The same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is ours to accept, ours to reckon to be ours, ours to appropriate in all the spheres of influence 
that we each might have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are alive. Thank you that you are coming again to receive us to yourself, that where you are, we can be also. And Lord, as the choir sang, that we are witnesses. May it not be entertainment for the Christians here tonight, but may it be our testimonies. If we know enough to be saved, we have enough knowledge to help someone else trust Jesus for salvation. Forgive us, Lord, when we've copped out and said we don't know enough Bible, we don't have enough words, we're fearful, we're timid. Lord, I know that some of the lost people that my friends gather tonight will see tomorrow may be the only born-again Christian that individual will run across. May we see the people coming to us with your love and eyes, Lord Jesus. That they're not affluent or poor, black or white. Rather, they're lost or saved. May we see the people as being lost or saved. And if they're lost, may we love them. And may we tell them about perfect love is found in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for grading me. We give you all the glory, praise, and honor that is due your name. And we pray in Jesus' precious name, our risen Savior's name. Amen. He is risen. He is risen. If you ever give evidence, one thing is certain this evening. Uh, on this ninth evening of the fourth month of April 2023 A.D., Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord, we together are all witnesses. And it is my prayer as I began at this point, it is my hope and prayer that we could all as I would do in court, the Bible tells us not to swear, but to affirm. And so when you stand in court, you say, I do solemnly declare and affirm. And what we should be able to affirm is, I have no other argument. I have no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. And Romans 1.16 declares, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so as we leave this place this evening, I pray that that would be what we, are, each one of us, is able to testify. That's what witnesses do. Witnesses give true testimony. And so that is what we are called to do as we leave this place.